1: Welcome back to Not Your Average Joe, the podcast that'll make anyone a little less average. It's me, Joe, and I am coming back with another solo episode because my interview got postponed, but I'm actually interviewing an amazing woman that will be on the podcast next week with us. Her name is Kelly, and she's a director, and we're gonna talk about like storytelling and being a woman of color in a field where like they really don't exist. All of those things are coming. But I wanted to talk today about building a dream career like a lifestyle business because this is something that i've done for 10 years i really geek out about entrepreneurship and business i love talking about building because it's almost like you're an architect of ideas whenever somebody meets me and they're like what do you do i'm like i'm kind of like an architect but with ideas that i turn into businesses and i think i'll do that for the rest of my life in other words i'm an entrepreneur but one thing that i've realized in conversations with people like kelly and other friends is that a lot of people don't know where to start when they're building any kind of concept they don't even know that they have a million dollar idea on their hands and this is the conversation that i wanted to have with you this week i also did a joe club session on it and it was huge Uh, it was ticketed right so like non-members could come to the session and what I realized is that I need to build a workshop to really help people work through their ideas, give themselves a plan, and leave knowing exactly how they're gonna tackle whatever lifestyle design they wanna create for themselves. So I'm excited for this, and I'm also sourcing some questions from the Instagram. So you might get your question answered, and I can't wait. Kill the intro, sis. You know she's not your average girl, not your average- so i have no script for this i'm just ranting here entrepreneurship is i think it's like a way of looking at the world and maybe even if you're an employee you are still entrepreneurial this is not just people who make a full-time living working for themselves i really do believe in entrepreneurial spirits and in fact those are some of the best people to have working in your company or working with you in a company but you need to have a boss that understands that you're entrepreneurial. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, this doesn't apply to me because I work as an employee and I like it, great. I love that, but there are also ways for you to be entrepreneurial in your role. Just about, it's like having those conversations with your boss so that they understand this is your personality type. And a good boss will give you opportunities to grow as opposed to try to stifle your entrepreneurship and um, your creativity. Because when you grow, the company grows. So that's just bad management. But we ain't talking about bad management. We're talking about entrepreneurship. If you don't know what entrepreneurship is, honestly, let me look it up. Like, I've been saying this word for years. It's a very hard word to pronounce as a non-native English speaker. And it's also very hard in all other languages. Like in French, it's entrepreneur. entrepreneur entre. My French is not that bad, right? But that sounds terrible. Entrepreneur entrepreneur clearly in french is super hard in portuguese it's also hard it took me a minute to say it without stuttering though entrepreneur let's see the etymology of the word okay this is cool the etymology of the word entrepreneur comes from the french word entreprendre which means to undertake and then english turned that into enterprise and then in the 18th century entrepreneur was born aka a person who undertakes a project so there you go you don't need to be a self you know funded entrepreneur to be considered an entrepreneur it's just somebody who's proactive who takes some projects and turns it into a reality and i think that's the bottom line of this conversation it's like we are all sitting with these ideas that the world could benefit from if we nurtured them, identified what they were, and took them on as projects to show them to the world. And the main thing that I've realized in these conversations with my very successful friends who are struggling to take the leap into this entrepreneurship conversation, or they're struggling to like take a project off of their notebook pages, I tell them, I'm like, this is not about you. Your projects and your visions, it's bigger than you, because when you put this out into the world, It will inspire other people. The thing about art, I look at entrepreneurship as an art and companies, especially when they're built out of good values, that is art and art that is powerful touches other people to make more art so when you're thinking about building something if you have a podcast idea in the back of your head if you have a youtube channel that you've been wanting to make if you do these silly videos that could turn into a tiktok channel if you want to write a blog if you want to start a newsletter list if you want to create a cohort of like-minded people and do some group sessions of art or whatever it is bigger than you because you will end up changing people's lives so really after this conversation with you on this podcast i hope that you leave feeling excited and inspired because by giving your little idea inside of your head the attention and resource and commitment that it deserves you have the power to inspire other people so if you're nervous or if you're like oh who cares about my podcast idea it's not about you zoom out for a second especially if you're a person of color if you are a minority lgbtq like all of these things that we're born with that we carry in our lives that's actually more powerful like we need to see more people with minority perspectives in these places we need to see more channels of people representing things that we don't even know about yet because when you see somebody that looks like you it gives you permission to keep being you and keep thriving so if you're a person of color if you're minority if you're in an lgbtq community if you're non-binary if you are just all of these things that we need to hear more stories about this is important not to put all this weight on your shoulders but i really think about that i'm like damn i don't really want to be Somebody in the public eye never have wanted to be that. But then I realized that when little girls stop me on the street because they've watched my Netflix show and now they see that they can travel the world, it's like, it is bigger than me. Creating projects or being true to your visions and executing on those ideas, it's an act of community service. So if you're afraid, zoom out for a second and think about all of those people that you can impact. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get into some more nitty-gritty conversation. So... The first thing that i do before i start a new company is really some deep self-analysis so in 2019 i had already created my first company shut up and go and it was a success but it was not actually built to be a company we did a a podcast episode with jan uh, a few episodes ago and the title is like a global businessman's confessions or something and he made a really good point on that episode that i want to bring up here there are two ways to make a business you can make a business as a first-time rookie entrepreneur and not have it be sellable and it's just a passion business that was shut up and go or you can make a business with a little bit more strategy and think critically about how it's a business and if you were to step away from it would it still run that's really a business i haven't gotten to that part yet but what i do know is that shut up and go was like my undergrad degree in entrepreneurship i learned so much i created a movement that was beautiful that i get tapped on the shoulder on the street till today from people saying that they They met their favorite people in the groups that we created. So I'm very proud of Shut Up and Go. But I knew that it was time for me to develop something that was more in line with where I was headed, which was introspection. I was turning, you know, 28 at the time. I knew that I wasn't going to be wanting to bounce around traveling for the next 10, 20 years, not in the way that I was in my early 20s. So this is when I went to a yoga and meditation retreat, something I had never done before. And luckily, in that retreat, there was a journaling component. It was optional. And of course I filled up 200 pages in like a week. And they gave us some exercises that I now encourage you to do. They made us draw four sections on a piece of paper. And on the left square, it was like, what depletes your energy? What takes away your energy? On the right square was what gives you energy? What gives you energy after you do that activity? Then on the bottom left square, it was what makes you feel balanced? What activities, what people do you speak to that make you feel balanced and whole? And the fourth square was what is lukewarm? What is not doing much for you that you're occupying your time with? Like what activities could you really cut out of your life? And once I did that exercise, Coupled with some more like asking myself these questions, like, what do I think the world needs? What have I done since I was a kid? There are so many different like charts and tools that you can use that I did in the Joe Club career session that I will be doing again. So if you want to sign up for the waitlist, please check the show notes and sign up for the newsletter because that's where you'll find out about these events. But these different tools basically pointed me in the direction of journaling and writing, and at that point, I didn't know that I would turn it into a company. I just knew I needed to write more. I needed to write more for myself, for the world, but really because after all of the inventory was taken from all of the things that I do, the one thing that I've always done since I was a kid that I will likely continue to do was writing. There were other things as well, like traveling, meeting and connecting to global people, learning languages, those things were on the list as well, but writing seemed to be at the core or storytelling was at the core. So I kept that in the back of my mind. I went into 2020 with a more clear idea of what I needed to do and what I wanted to focus on. I started shooting the Netflix show. The pandemic hit, we stopped shooting for four months. I was in a New York City apartment by myself. Like, what do I do if the show doesn't come back? I started journaling just like I had always done on the show that was the one consistent thing I did was write in my journal. And at the end of the day, I started posting my journals on Instagram stories, People wanted a challenge. I did a 30 day journaling challenge where I would post a prompt every day and then my entry at the end of the day. And the world started journaling with me. And then we did 60 days and then we did 90 days. And that summer was when I just randomly put up a landing page. Hey guys, join a membership program. Let's see what this is. I wanna see the people behind these journal entries. And that was when Joe Club was born, which two years later is a far more meaningful movement than I could have imagined. And i'm learning along the way i'm changing the technology this is business at the end of the day there is a business here i had to hire freelancers i had to hire staff i had to fire people i had to realize what i needed and how i needed to work with different employees but my point here is that joe club being such a beautiful part of my life that i've looked forward to every two weeks every month It wouldn't have been even a concept had I not been very clear about my direction. And the only way that I got very clear on the direction was sitting my booty down and writing, ironically. Maybe you're not a writer, but I really encourage you to like take this inventory and put it on paper. Cause once those ideas are out of your head, you can look at them as objectively as possible and pick common themes and threads. So some really powerful questions to ask yourself. It's like, what have you consistently done from childhood to now? that still gives you energy and Not to say that you need to build a business out of it, but just knowing that is powerful because that's the thing you need to keep doing. That's the thing that's gonna get you through the tough times. So once the business is born, then you gotta think like a business person, which isn't everybody's cup of tea. But if you're an employee, it's the same thing. Somebody gives you a project. You gotta find the love in that project for you to really bring it on home. Like anything that we do, we have to find a deeper sense of why. Why are we doing this? Even if somebody assigns you that project. If you do not have a why, it's just like when... your parents yell at you like you can't do that and you say, why? And if they say, because you can't, you will not internalize the reality that you can't do that. Whereas if a parent is like, you can't do that. And the kid is like, why? And the parents like, because if you stick your hand in the fan, you're gonna lose a finger. The kid won't stick their hand in the fan anymore. So I think about that with like adult conversations but we really have to tell ourselves why. Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Sometimes it's not as profound. Sometimes it's like, I'm working at the shop because I need money, but this is a means to an end. And it's okay. It's important to get clear about that. Because then you know that there's an end date to that journey. Because there's a means to an end. As in, you need to save $5,000. So once you hit that $5,000 mark, it's time to move on and shift the compass to a different direction. As an entrepreneur, we're constantly doing it though. We're like, why am I building this business? Why do i care about this and what service is this doing for others so once you've identified your very sacred thing if you want to turn it into a business i suggest you ask yourself why what products and services are you offering and why is it going to help people then the business is born and then things start getting complicated because then you got payroll you got taxes you got people that are trying to take your money at every turn and this is where we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'll talk about the nitty gritty, how to stay organized and the things that I'm still learning and struggling with as an entrepreneur that maybe you could help me with.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash
1: switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's funny in podcasts, whenever I listen to podcasts and they're like, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, I wonder if they actually take a break, like leave and go get a water. I actually did just take a break, so welcome back. Um, I hope you're feeling excited and starting to think about the projects that might be lurking in the back of your mind that you want to turn into maybe not even a business just a project and it doesn't need to be profit driven it could be something that you do for fun like building a series of art like creating a a supper club or like a reading circle or something that makes you happy that starts like introducing you to people that you would never have met otherwise but that you know you will love because you guys share a lot of interests so you can look at this as just a way to spice up your life and take on tasks and projects that no one is going to tell you to do that's the thing about entrepreneurship nobody really talks about as an entrepreneur you need to be able to see what is invisible to everyone else and sometimes it falls on your lap But that's why they call it a visionary, because you literally need to look out into blankness and envision something that doesn't yet exist, communicate it not only to yourself, but to the world and convince people of its power and its purpose... And that's wild, but we could do that in our lives without thinking of it in a business sense. Like with my friends, there are these different people that I've met here in London and some of them created supper clubs or running clubs. And I'm like, that's an entrepreneurial task. Like that's being an organizer. And it's really cool to see That this skill of being an entrepreneur, it's transferable in life, whether you're building a business or not. I digress. I dig entrepreneurship so hard. Let's talk about the nitty-gritty that no one really talks about, that you have to be able to be a visionary. But also, you need to be able to have a little bit of paranoia. Because financially speaking, if you do not work, you do not eat. And don't even get me started on if you have employees. Because if you have people that are depending on you for their paycheck, you actually end up working for them in a way. I've talked about this before, where it's like, I wanted to be this big, huge mogul with tons of employees. And then after I had a few employees, I was like, uh, actually I wanna work with other entrepreneurs because I don't wanna handhold. I don't wanna be telling you what to do. And that's something I learned about myself because if I have to tell you what to do and manage you and micromanage you, I cannot be free. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur to have freedom. So this was a learning that I'm sharing with you now. Like if you wanna have a free life and you're being an entrepreneur, but you're hiring people that you need to manage and micromanage, you're actually hurting yourself because that goal of yours to be an entrepreneur is gonna end up taking away from your freedom if you hire the wrong people. Only with experience can we learn. So anyways, you need to be able to be a visionary. You need to be able to be clear on how you want your lifestyle to be designed and then hire and work with the people that will make sense in that big picture. Then the the other thing is the financial aspect of stability and security and frugality. I'll call it frugality. Since I was a kid, I would always take out a white piece of paper, no lines on it, and I would fold it in half and I would write on one side of the paper all of the money that I knew I owed, whether it was credit card bills, reoccurring like cell phone bills, uh, student loans every month car payment whatever it was i would put it all on a list i would tally up the list and then i would put a budget for food a budget for housing a budget for travel a budget for entertainment a budget for shopping and i would put that on a list and i would get this number that i would call my survival number it was like this is the amount of money i need to have to survive obviously that's not the amount of money i want to have because i want to have more so i can thrive but at least it was very honest and clear to me like i have this much money that I actually need to make. This is before I was an entrepreneur. I was just doing this in high school and in college, working tons of odd jobs. And then on the right-hand side, I would write down all of the money I was making. And I would write down, you know, this is what I'm getting from my work-study job. This is what I'm getting from the restaurant. This is what I can assume I'll get from catering jobs. And I would look at the difference of money. And if I wasn't making as much as I needed to make, I would literally go on the internet and look up jobs that would fill the gap because I could not imagine a world where I was carrying more than i needed to carry so that alone is the same exercise that i do as an entrepreneur there's more planning involved when you're an entrepreneur because you have people that you're responsible for and people that you need to pay and huge amount of taxes but i think the muscle is more or less that it's like being hyper in tune with your financial needs and your financial truths so if you're starting a business now, be honest with how much money you think it's going to cost you to start that business. I'm a really big fan of low overhead businesses, which is why all of my businesses have always been online because I know that the work that needs to be put in, it's like me, like I can learn how to code a website, which I've done many times. I can learn how to edit a podcast, which I'm doing right now. I can learn how to edit a YouTube video. I didn't need to pay for someone who's super expensive to edit anything. It was like sweat equity was what allowed me to start building the YouTube channel back in 2012 that then turned into a company that I learned how to code a blog that I then learned how to sell ads to that I then knew how to pitch partnerships, business partnerships to. Like everything that I have built, I have learned. Obviously there were great mentors along the way, which I think is another huge, huge tip here is like find mentors to tell you where they went wrong so you can avoid their mistakes. But at the time when I was starting, no one really had done the stuff that we were doing So I didn't have any mentors in the exact space, but I did have mentors in business that allowed me to stay clear on my vision. And like, it was just nice to have these people who have done cool things in the business world tell me that I was on the right path. Because you need that belief as well. And when you start something, most people will not believe you. So if you find somebody that believes you, keep them close. How many people came up to me and they were like, this is never going to work. Executives in the media industry would go out of their way and be like, young travel is never going to sell. And I'm like, honey, watch me now here i am building joe club and a lot of people will say like you can't make a business out of something so wholesome and i'm like yes i can without losing the integrity watch me and i'm going to turn this into an opportunity for employment for people who want to work in a dope company that's actually changing people's lives like that's my goal but that belief is important so financially being aware is critical now let's talk about nitty 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 gritty taxes um You need to be able to put aside like at least 30 to 40% of the money that you make when you're an entrepreneur. The best way in the state is to pay quarterly, but this applies for pretty much any country in the world, unless you don't have any like corporate taxes you need to be able to say this is my money that i'm taking home with me and this is what i'm setting aside for emergency fund for taxes so overall being an entrepreneur requires a lot of conscientiousness responsibility if you're not good at it then find a business partner who is because there's nothing worse than making a bunch of money and realizing that 30 to 40 percent of it is not yours because you owe the government and the state or the city or whatever and a lot of my friends not friends but like a lot of my acquaintances in the entrepreneurship world they they did not know that they needed to spend 40 percent of the money that they earned on taxes i'm like damn you better have a payment plan for that because that's not a little bit of money when you're making a lot of money and that's something i also learned the hard way uh i used to pay like one huge lump sum and one year i hired an accountant who made a mistake and he told me that i owed like two times the amount of what i actually owed and it was so much money and i literally had to pay it because it was tax deadline so i had to pay the money. And It cleaned out my account. And then of course I got a refund months later, but it made me realize like, damn, as an entrepreneur, you really can't be going crazy and being reckless with your money. You have to be very, very conscientious. Which brings me to the last section here. I think the difference between an entrepreneur and everyone else is somebody who's willing to spend a little bit of extra time dedicating their attention to whatever it is that they're working on. Again, it doesn't need to be a business. This could be a little bit of extra time gardening because you want to build something in your garden. You want to cultivate fruits and vegetables that you can eat. Like, that's an act of entrepreneurship because you're undertaking the project of growing fruits and vegetables in your garden. Like, what a wholesome one that is. But the common thread that I see is, like, entrepreneurs... They take extra time, they dedicate time, they carve out time to focus on that project. They could be authors and they're writing and building stories and books every day. They're spending time sitting down, dedicating to that project, or they're actually building a business. And every Saturday, instead of leisurely rolling around in bed, they go to a co-working space or a coffee shop. Like they stay on their path. And after several hours of committing to that craft, to that project, They end up building something, and then that just compounds exponentially. I was building Joe Club for several months before anybody cared, and now people care. And now I'm getting corporate invitations to lead journaling workshops. And I'm getting offered to like lead these amazing mental health journaling sessions for employees. This is not something I could have predicted. And I don't even know the future of what Joe Club holds, but what I do know is that every single day I'm focusing on it. And so it's only a matter of time before that returns. And even if it doesn't return, it's returning something for me because it's again, something that I've identified as sacred to me. I will do this with or without getting money. But the fact that I can make money doing it is shocking. And the same thing goes for this podcast and the same thing goes for the content that I make. There is a way to build a lifestyle where you make money, you inspire people, you inspire yourself, and you're constantly learning and growing. You just have to get creative i hope that this podcast helped you now for some questions how do you define sacred work for yourself and encourage others to have their own definitions i think using some of the exercises i mentioned at the beginning there is this amazing uh format of looking at your you know what the world needs and what your superpowers are and all of that it's called ikigai if you just google ikigai worksheet or sign up for my newsletter and you will get the ikigai worksheet but really i would suggest taking that time to put everything down on a piece of paper and then analyzing it and asking friends around, what have you always done? What do you bring to the table? Because maybe they see something that you don't even see in yourself yet. Sometimes other people have to point out that, hey, this is a business, or this is a project, or you could take this and turn it into something bigger that could impact people's lives. And I think the more you have the muscle of seeing that in others, the more you can see it in yourself as well. So instead of looking inward, maybe you want to look outward and look at other people around you and see if you can point out what businesses that they could launch and then use that same muscle later to look inward. Another great question that I think is important on any entrepreneurial path, how do you keep positive? I think uh, in any of these journeys, it gets really ugly before it gets pretty. And I've learned to be grateful for the ugly times, for the financially scary times, because those are the times that will make the wind so much more juicy. The reason why I can celebrate wins now is because of all of those weeks where no one answered my emails. No one was reaching out. I had no money coming in. Like, the reason why I'm so stoked and positive today is because things were bad at one point. And I think about that. I think about how the bad times and the negative comments or the, like, lack of support. Like, that's what's fermented positivity. What I've seen across the board, the most positive people that I know have been fermented in the same way it's because of trials and tribulations it's because of struggles so when you're going through something dark like just remember that that is what's going to make the light so good so vibrant because you can only see the light if you know what dark looks like Damn, that's deep shit. I haven't like written any of this down. I don't even know if I'm making sense. So the last question that I'll take is overcoming self-doubt to start a business, being successful, and all of the pros as a digital nomad. Okay, so yeah, how do you overcome self-doubt, basically is the question, and how do you start building a successful business? I would use the zoom out approach. This is not about you. This is a service or product you're offering to the world that will hopefully make the world a better place. And when you look at it from that lens, then you see yourself as somebody who's giving a service You are of service to others, it is not about you. And if your idea isn't perfectly refined, it's okay. You don't need perfection to begin. In fact, your customers or your fans or your followers, they will actually mold the company. And that's the smart business way. It's like being nimble enough to react to the people who are digging what you're putting out into the world. So with Joe Club, I always ask the members, what do you guys want? People want a career workshop session? Great, I'm doing that. People want a yearly membership? Great, I'm doing that. I'm creating a whole member journey. You're going to have a cohort now. You're going to know 15 to 20 people who signed up the same month as you. And those people will be in your life for a year now. And we're going to have checkpoints and different activities so that you you really follow through on your commitment to this, to this journaling club that we are committing to you just as much as you're committing to you. This is new. And it's it's almost like a borderline obsession when you're an entrepreneur. You do not stop thinking of ways to improve whatever product or service you're offering so that it benefits the people you're serving. At least this is how I see it. I know that we're living in this hype culture where everybody can get rich quick, but I don't believe in that. That is, that is like fast food to me. I want to build nutritious businesses that are legacy businesses that will be around for decades that will change people's lives for decades so if you're on that wavelength and if you'd like to know more click in the show notes I'm linking the newsletter sign up maybe I'll even do a landing page for the career workshop coming soon and I'll send it in the newsletter because I really do want to start talking about these careers these lifestyle design techniques I've done it. I will continue to do it. But I think it's time for me to share my tricks with you guys. Because from the little conversations I've had with Joe Club members, there's so many amazing movements waiting to be born. And if I can be your cheerleader and coach you through it, I would love to do that. Because I geek out about this stuff, as you can see. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to give it five stars if you feel like this podcast has taught you something or inspired something in you share it with a friend who is thinking about starting a project or a business and hopefully it can help them as well and uh don't forget to follow the podcast's instagram account at not your average joe pod i'm posting bonus clips there and if you'd like to see the visual that's coming out a week after this audio episode if you wanna to touch base with me, please send me a DM at joe underscore Franco. I wanna know what you thought about this episode. Was it good? Cause shoot, I literally started talking, had no idea what I was about to say. So if it was good, that's a good sign. I should do these rants more often. If it was bad, then tell me. I'll be back with a guest next week. Thank you guys for following. And uh, as always, take care of yourselves. Take some time, jot down your thoughts and um, honor, honor that little voice inside of your head. Cause it's trying to say something and it's trying to say something good.